return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. That that's fine. You know, we want to welcome anybody watching. Let's put on there's a couple pictures from India. We Decros had emailed us and uh, said uh, so, when we left India last January, so the last Sunday, we came out of the motel, Decros picked us up, we went back to his church, and it's a busy day, you know, there's a lot happening and so forth, but, uh, so people come, and uh, we take time to minister, but also to pray for people, and then from there, go straight off to the airport. But in this particular day, there was a lady here uh, that we did not know we don't know who's from the church or not, but she had traveled quite a distance. She heard that we were going to be in the city, so she traveled quite a distance to get to DeCrosis Church, and she had a tumor in her throat that was uh, impeding her life. <laughs> and uh, so we didn't, we didn't know this at the time even, but uh, so she travels quite a ways, and she said, Lord, Lord, if I'm healed, I'm going to give you praise. Well, then after we left, COVID shut down their nation. Uh, in a huge way, and so just uh, two weeks ago, she showed up at DeCrosis Church, could get there with transportation, and said, I am here to praise the Lord that he has healed me. I'm totally healed. Uh, show the next picture here. Uh, these were pictures that DeCrosis, there's one more picture, I think, of uh, uh, when we were praying. It shows this lady's face. We got one more picture. They're looking for it. Uh, but anyway, so here's Jeannie ministering to this lady. And I just, I just know there's power when we lay hands on people. They're finding it, I think. Power when we lay hands on people. You can help them a little. Uh, when we, there's a transmission of power. Amen. Just look at your hands. There's power in your hands. It goes beyond your physical hand. It's the spiritual hand of Jesus that flows when we pray for people. Uh, they're going to find this yet, I think. Uh, Shows another picture of this lady's face. There she is right there. He just went by it. There she is right here. So she just had prayer, and she's rejoicing after having prayer and so forth. But we're thankful for many people in some of these countries. If you have cancer, it's a death sentence. Uh, And this isn't the first time that this has happened. We were at a conference out in the rural area, and this pastor's wife came up to Jeannie, and she said, I just praise God. She said, the year before, she'd had breast cancer, not expected to live. Jeannie prayed for her, totally well and healed in the name of Jesus. So we thank God for those things and thank God for this lady being healed. And let me just say this. If you're watching, and maybe anybody here, but if you know you have a growth in your body that's abnormal, that shouldn't be there, put your hand on that. If you can, put your hand on that, that you know should not be there. And if you're watching, you can do this right where you're at. Right, you, you got your phone, you're, you're doing that, but if you have a growth on your neck or wherever it might be, but I just speak to that growth, that tumor in the name of Jesus, to leave your body in Jesus' name. I speak for that growth to leave in the name 
of Jesus, the name above all names. And so we speak healing into your body and into the bodies of many people that are watching. We speak healing into your body right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you for this. We thank you for it. We thank you for good reports, for healing people, even now in Jesus' name. And I love it that we can use media. Uh, even when we were locked down and doing uh, uh, things just online and so forth like that, but praying one day and I just said, uh, you know, someone's got a bad headache right now. And so I just spoke to that headache and the pain to leave. <laughs> and it was like three hours later or whatever. My oldest grandson, Micah, says, Papa, that was me. My head just was throbbing and so forth. I sat on the couch and you said that and the pain, boom, just left, just like that. Uh, what, a, what a nice thing for grandkids to experience that, amen? That there's power in the name of Jesus, which does what? Encourages them to pray for others also, right? When they know God answers prayer, it encourages them to pray for others also. And some of you are watching that can't be here today, but we bless you in the name of Jesus. We're so glad that you would tune in, so glad that you would just join us, even via media. I thank God for the Holy Spirit. He's not quarantined. And God is with you where you're at right now. And you might, you might be riding in a car in some country or doing something else or on a transit system. But God is with you and Jesus Christ loves you. Some of you maybe have never lived for Jesus, but I want to assure you, he loves you. He cares about your life. God sent his son Jesus for you. All right. And so he's as close as the mention of his name. And just by saying that name, Jesus, you can even whisper it where you're at and say, Jesus, Jesus, there's power in that name. And I believe that that as you ask the Lord for any of us, but as you ask the Lord to show up in your life, he will do it. He will show up and manifest himself to you, give you a revelation of how good he is. And folks, that's the neat thing. Our God is good, not bad, not doing bad things, not hurting people, killing people, causing calamities. Our God is a good God. And he's always good. The Bible says there's no shadows in him. No shadows of turning whatsoever. Yes, we live in a fallen world. We live in a world that's, that's ravaged by sin and by the enemy. But Jesus overcame this. Amen. So as we believe and trust in him, he gives us power to live every day for his glory. Amen. Amen. All right. Take your Bible with me just for a second. Say it with me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever living seed of the word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So we talked some about flowing in, in uh, faith and patience. And today I want to just let's go to Hebrews chapter six a second. Verse 12, it says, be followers of those who through faith and patience inherited the promises. So so the thing is this, folks, you know, of course, there's all kinds of books people can read. People go through difficulties in their life and they're they're trying to find things to encourage their, themselves but there is nothing like the Word of God. Okay? So, so this is a book I major in. Okay? I've read other things, but this is a book I major in. This is a book that every day I read and take part of it in my life. All right? 
I want to study the word of God. And let, let me just say, there is a famine in the land for hearing the word of God. And I, let me just talk about Christian churches. Christian churches can get up and you can say these nice, sweet little messages, but very little Bible. But folks, it's the word of God that stands. Amen. It's not poems and little sweet stories. It's the word of God that we have to stand on. Amen. This is this is where there's life. This is where there's real life. So we follow people in the Bible whose faith and patience inherited, saw the victory come to pass, saw it manifest. And Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 11. He said, be followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Now, people, people in general, obviously, are imperfect. So you're never going to find a perfect minister, a perfect pastor, a perfect church that doesn't exist. However, he said, what I do in Christ Jesus, that you can emulate. You can copy that. You can imitate that. So if I do something that's not good, don't, don't imitate that. You've got to be smart enough, right? Sometimes people listen to ministers and they act like, oh, they're just, they're just the best and they're almost worshiping them. No, no, no. You worship Jesus Christ. A person is a person. And people can be anointed and, they, and God can use them in great ways. That's wonderful. Hallelujah. But we're followers of Jesus Christ. So Paul, hallelujah, smart enough to say, follow me as I am a follower of Jesus Christ. If I do something kind of crazy, don't do it. Amen. Okay, Philippians chapter 3. So I like to take things in the Bible. And then I see people, the things that people, how they've lived their life. And that's what I want to emulate. So Paul says, I don't count myself to apprehend it. I'm going to walk in humility. But one thing I'm going to do, I'm going to forget the things which are behind me. Let me tell you, he had a lot of baggage. Paul harmed hundreds, probably thousands of people and families and churches and so forth. He had a lot of baggage. (laughs) Did a lot of bad things. He was the terrorist of his day. But he said, I've got to forget the things which are behind me. Do you know how many people hold on to the past? They hold on to the past as if, as if they can do something about the past and you can't. The only thing you can do is let it go. Turn to your neighbor and say, let it go. Let go of your past. Let go of a past mistake. Let, let go of a past decision, a past uh, something you did, a past sin. You can't, you can't, you know, the car's got a great big windshield, tiny little rear view mirror. So you can see, you know, we learn from the past, but you're going forward. Amen. Amen? So he says, I says, Paul, Paul, for him to succeed, he says, this one thing I got to do, I got to forget the things which are behind me. We had a class motto when I graduated my high school in Iowa in 1971. And, you know, you have mottos and so forth like that. And I was the class president. And it was like this. It says, the past is forever gone. The future is still our own. Well, that's true. You know, a bunch of bun- dumb sinners. We thought that up. And well, what do you know? It's a pretty good, pretty good thing, right? You can't go back. Some people have midlife crisis. You know, all of a sudden, like, they get a certain age. Like, oh, I want to go buy an old car. Or some people go do, make poor decisions. Folks, you can't go back. All you can do is go forward. Sometimes, you know, I feel, I feel young at heart and so forth. And then I look at the mirror like, whoa, that guy's old. He's aged. I'm not a kid. You know, I'm not a child. So you look at stuff and you think, no, the path is forward, though. Amen. If we see it that way, then you want to redeem the time that you do have. How much time do we have? I don't know. You don't know. 
We all hope for a longer life, and some of us are getting closer to the front of the line now, but you have to redeem the time. Make the most of your time. In other words, live life with a purpose. Live life with a plan. So I can learn from people like Paul all the things he did. He had highly educated and so forth. And he just said, I count it like it's like manure. That's how valuable that was. Wasn't very good. He says, but I can press on. I can forget the thing. I can reach forward. I can go ahead. Say ahead. Not going back. Now that you don't have it in reverse. You got it in drive, right? You're going to press toward the goal of the prize, the upward call of Christ Jesus. So in other words, you're just going to walk with Jesus. You have to forget the things, right? So he says, I'm forgetting those things. Forget the things which want to hold you down, would try to hold you back and push forward in Jesus Christ. So I can look at that. I can look at Paul's life and realize, man, I can do that. Tell your, tell your neighbor, say, you can do that. You can do that. You don't have to find some other book for that. Just take Paul's life and do that. Well, let's go forward to Acts chapter 7. Now, here's a guy that's Stephen, and Paul is at Stephen's martyrdom. So Paul is there as a younger man, watching, watching them get angry and throw dust in the air, grabbing bigger rocks in their hand to, to throw these rocks at Stephen. And people took their garments to Paul, can you hold my coat? I can throw better without that coat on. And so people, people brought garments over to Paul so he could watch. Kind of a bloody affair. Not a real nice atmosphere, but here's Stephen. Now, you see, I can learn from things like this because some people think, well, you don't know what I've gone through. It's hard to forgive. Well, I bet if I had a nickel for every time I heard that story, wow, I'd have a lot of money in the bank. Folks, listen, everybody's faced stuff in their life. Everybody's faced issues. You know what, you know what Jesus would probably say? Just say, get over it. Get over it. You're not, you're not going back. You'd have to decide you're going to go forward. Turn to someone and say, get over it. Stephen, you know, here's Stephen. He's got a righteous heart before God. He loves the Lord. He's flowed in the Holy Ghost. And he's experiencing persecution. And this is a terrible thing. But in the middle of that persecution, you can only imagine the voices of anger and hate and things like that. And he knows what's going to happen. He knows, he, knows, he knows it before it's happening, all right? And, and Stephen says, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he knelt down and he says, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. He cried out. And I want you to say this. He, knelt, he cried out. He cried out with a, say loud. loud. So it wasn't, like, it wasn't like, here come the rocks. <laughs> I forgive, I forgive. No, no, no. He's crying out with a loud voice, Lord Jesus, forgive them. Lord Jesus. Notice the name. He didn't say, God, forgive them. No, 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 no. Don't say that. Jesus is the name. Amen. Amen. Why? He's the one who paid the price. He's the one, the name above all names. He's the one that brings the forgiveness. Lord Jesus. Lord, don't charge them with this sin. That's remarkable. Well, I mean, I can look at that and think, okay. Uh, who in here has ever been offended? 
Everybody's been offended. Everybody faces offense. Jesus said offenses will come. So they come to everybody. But now here's the thing. Do you bite on it or not? You don't have to take it in. You don't have to cause it to hurt your heart to be bitter. But if it has, if it has, there's a step to do. It says, Jesus, forgive them. What did Jesus do at the cross? He says, forgive them. They don't know, they don't know what they're doing. I'm thinking, well, it looks like to me they know what they're doing. <laughs> they're, you know, pulling off his clothes, hitting nails and so forth, and yelling at him and mocking him and wagging their heads. Looked to me like they knew what they're doing, but he said they don't know what they're doing. We live in this fallen world that people can become tools of the devil. And if you focus on the person, you're going to have bitterness or resentment. But if you focus on the bigger picture, you realize really it's not them, but it's just the devil. So you can forgive them. God wants us to forgive people. Not some, but all. He wants us to apply this to our lives. Amen. When I look at this and I follow those whose faith and patience, I just think, that's how I want to live my life. I want to live my life with the switch, the forgiver switch set on. So when offense comes, ready to forgive. Ouch, that really hurt, but I'm going to forgive. Ouch, I didn't like that, but I'm going to forgive. Isn't that right? See, we have a shield of faith that quenches all the fiery darts. But what happens? We all know there's times we kind of get tired and we drop the shield and all of a sudden we're stuck with darts burning, you know, and you're upset. You got to forgive. Folks, it really doesn't come down. It's a choice, but there's not another option. Let's put it that. You have A or B. Well, A is the option. Forgive. All right. Forgive others. Can you say Amen. Amen. Good. It's good things. Amen. Genesis 5. Here we've got this guy named Enoch. And Enoch walked with God. He had this daily fellowship with God. And I just think how important it is to have daily fellowship. Amen. I mean, he just says he walked with God and he was not. For God took him. Now, he didn't die of a disease. He didn't die of an accident or anything like that. This is one of those rare cases in the Bible, Enoch, Elijah, and so forth, where God just thought, wow, faith pleases God. Right? Amen. And the Lord just says, well, come on up with me. And he went to heaven. He walked. Now, here's the, here's the thing now. He walked with God. So he had this relationship. This is Old Testament. This, is, this, is not, this isn't like Holy Spirit days of today. This is Old Testament. Yet he walked with God. I think some people, some people may be listening, some people here, they're tired. You know, if they picked up their Bible, blow the dust, <coughs> clear the dust, you know, like, oh, I should get in this thing. Are they Christian? Oh, they pray. Sure. Christian. Yeah, oh, I love the Lord. But folks, man doesn't live by bread or food. He lives by the Word of God. You've got to live by the Word of God. Amen. There's a relationship. We've been married 45 years, but we still sweet talk to each other. We still do nice things for each other. You know what I mean? You have to cultivate a relationship. Is it quiet in here or what? I mean, I hope you're saying something about home. I hope you're saying hallelujah or amen or something like that. It's a relationship. Enoch had a relationship, Old Testament relationship, so great that God took him. I'm thinking, wow. Now, this isn't, this isn't normal, so we understand that, right? Most of us, we're going to pass away at some point. We're going to pass from this life into the next. But Enoch, Enoch had this faith. Now, Hebrews 11 says the same thing. Hebrews 11, 5 and 6. 
Enoch was taken away. He didn't, he did not see death in the natural, was not found because God had taken him for before he was taken, he had this testimony. Now, this is his testimony. The testimony is that he pleased God. Wow. Wow. That's pretty neat, isn't it? Hey, when you praise God, it pleases him. Amen. It pleases God when you praise God, praise him. It pleases God when you exercise faith. Because then it says the next thing, without faith, it is impossible. It didn't say it's hard to please God. It says it's impossible to please God. So you have to exercise faith. When do you do that? Every day. Amen. Folks, it isn't, like, it isn't like, well, I need to exercise faith because I got a bad report. No, I should be exercising faith all the time. Amen. I want to exercise, you know, I feel great, but I want to exercise faith that I will stay in good health. Amen. I want to exercise faith that he will provide for my needs. I would exercise faith on whatever I have to do. So I'm bringing Jesus right into my daily activities. When I got saved in college, my life transformed. And all of a sudden, I, I brought Jesus into the chemistry lab. I brought Jesus into, into my studies and so forth. Biology, chemistry, the things that I was taking and so forth like that. And went from a, you know, okay student, fairly good student to a four-point student. I brought Jesus into exams. Of course, you've got to study. Students, you do have to study. But I brought Jesus into exams and so forth. I pray, I pray for exams. So forth. I go into our exams and be like, no, it's this one right here. All of a sudden, be clear. Bingo, bingo, bingo. See, see, he had this testimony that he pleased God. It wasn't like, hey, he's a good churchgoer. He goes once a week. No, he led this relationship. Wasn't like he just showed up or a regular church or whatever. He had a relationship, a daily relationship. Can you say daily? All right, not weekly or monthly, but daily. All right, and and he had this testimony that he pleased God, and a testimony of faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So when you come to God, you must believe that He is God. Amen. And you must believe that he is a rewarder. If some of you are watching online right now, I want you to tell, tell you, God is a rewarder. He rewards people when they seek him. He blesses people when they seek him, when their heart is after him, they're trusting him. Folks, you don't, you don't see what goes on in our prayer closet or so forth, but God takes care of people in the privacy of their life. He really does. And he rewards them. Now, people say, well, what is he going to do? Give you a bunch of money? No, no, no. We're not talking about money. We're just talking about this relationship. You know, through this whole thing with COVID for months and months and months, we don't live in any fear. We don't live in any People say, aren't you kind of afraid? Of you're kind of old. or you know, you can, You're one of those susceptible class. No, I'm not living in fear. I'm living in faith. Are we wise? Sure, we're wise. But I don't live in fear. You know, we live in a relationship with the one who cares for us, who rewards us, who watches over us. Amen. And see, that's what I want to follow. That's what I want to follow. I think, man, I want to follow a guy like Enoch. I want to, I want to be with him every day. I want, to, I want to seek the Lord. I want to follow the Lord. Amen. That's what I want to do. Hebrews chapter 11. Here's another guy, a guy named Moses. Now, Moses, we know from the book of Exodus, his... his uh, being born and so forth, and then brought into Pharaoh's house so Pharaoh's daughter could uh, take care of him. And he grew up, he grew up in the palace. He grew up in all the ways of the world. But he had everything money could buy. Everything money could buy. But it also came into his heart like, like you know, I'm not an Egyptian. 
I'm an Israelite. I don't belong to the world, but I belong to another kingdom. And so here's Moses, Moses when he became of age. So he got, he got to this place. He's about 40 years old and so forth. But he made a choice. I want you to say choice. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So he made a choice here, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy. Now, you should underline this in your Bible. Everybody should underline this. Rather than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Another, another version says the pleasures of sin for a season. So sin, see, that's how the devil snares a lot of people. It's like, oh, this is fun. People think, I'm having fun, Pastor. It's not a problem. I'm not convicted. So, yeah, it's fun for a season. I know that. I've, I've done that before. But it's a season, and it's going to come to an end, and you're going to find yourself hooked by the devil in a lifestyle or doing something that you don't want to be doing. And Moses made a choice. He refused the ways of the world. He said no. People nowadays think, you know, you know, Pastor Dave, you don't understand. It's tough to live for Jesus out here. That's a big fat lie. That's a big lie. People all over through the Bible, you got the Josephs, you got the Moseses and so forth who made choices and refused. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to partake in that. I'm not going to go that way. I'm not going to look at that on my phone. I'm not going to be part of that group. I'm not going to, I'm not going to associate with this person or, the, or that person. I'm not going to do that. Made a choice. He made a choice. He refused. I'm not going to be associated with the palace anymore and all the wickedness and evil that takes place there. I'm going to choose, I'm going to choose to identify with God's people, even if that means suffering affliction. Even if that means suffering affliction. And here's the thing from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Notice what it said, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the reward. Wow. <laughs> That's, you got to think on that one. Amen. But as here he was, he esteemed, he thought it's more valuable to live for Jesus than to enjoy the pleasures of sin. More valuable. Folks, we live, we, people say these are the last days. Of course, they're the last days. That's not news. Some people act like they got a big revelation. Well, it's not a revelation if you read your, read your Bible. These are the last days. Of course they are. But you want to have your priorities right. And you want to realize, man, it's more valuable to live for Jesus, more valuable than money, more valuable than prestige, more valuable than all the other friends of the world, so to speak, more valuable to live for Jesus. Can you say amen? Exodus 17. Here's Aaron and her. And of course, this is really this is really one on leadership. But but we minister to a lot of leaders, and we have ministered to leaders when we go overseas. Uh, when we trust God that that can happen again, but but we minister to leaders. Why? Because they're the ones who live there. They're the ones who know the language, and they're the ones who know the customs, and they can do be much more effective than us, some white American coming over here. All right. But here's here's Moses said to Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight. And he says, I'm going to stand on the top of the hill. I'm going to have the rod of God in my hand. And Joshua did as Moses said. And there was a big fight with Amalek and so forth. Now, you know the story. Moses gets tired because this battle's going on through the day. And he's got the rod of God in his hand. But pretty soon his arms get tired. Folks, all of us at times, our arms get tired, right? We stood for our daughter for 12 years. There's times our arms get tired. Other people come along and hold up our arms in the, midst of the, in the midst of the battle and so forth like that. So, so leaders, leaders verse, verse 9, it says, Moses, choose some men to go out and fight. 
I'm going to stand. Verse 10, Joshua did. They fought and so forth. And, and do we have another verse there? Or is that it? Maybe that's it. Verse 11, 12, or so forth. Okay, so when he held up his hand, Israel prevailed. I see that as worship. Mm, hallelujah. He inhabits the praises of his people. When he let down his hand, and we get downcast and discouraged, Amalek prevailed. So then we become down and discouraged. The enemy gets his way. But if we start singing, hallelujah. So Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone. They put it under him. He said, sit down here. So they got on either side of him. And as he sat there, Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on, the other, one on each side. They held his hands up. And they were steady to the going down of the sun. So they got around him. They said, well, we'll just, we know what we're going to do. We're going to keep his hands up in the battle. We all need encouragers. We all need people to stand with us. We all, everybody, everybody needs that support, uh, not just in ministry, but every believer needs this. Support in battles that go on because battles go on, Right? Battles go on. You might think, well, I'm just fine. Everything's fine in my season. That's great. But somebody else is not. So everybody, everybody, you know, you look around, you see there's places to encourage people. Amen. A place to encourage somebody else and help somebody else in the midst of what they're going through. Hallelujah. So I look at, so we just had a short time today, but I can look at these things. Following Paul, following Stephen, following uh, Enoch, following Moses, following Aaron and her and so forth. I can look at these things and I realize, you know something? I can do all those things. I can do all those things if I rely on the power of God. I can follow the men and women in the Bible, men and women in the Bible, and I can do those things. I can walk in the, in the Word of God. His Word is a lamp under my feet, a light on my path. I can walk in that Word. I can hide the Word in my heart. I can live in the victory because He's given me the victory. My responsibility is to do this. Amen. He's, his responsibility is he's already provided his son Jesus for us. He's already won the victory. He's already finished that. My part is to stand in faith. Jeannie talked Wednesday night about the full armor, of, full armor of God, putting that on, standing in faith. And this is having done all stand in the evil day. Well, are we in an evil day? Sure we are. Yeah, it's a very evil day. But you can stand in the midst of the evil day. You can still have victory in the evil day. You can have victory no matter who wins an election. Folks, let me just say this right now. No matter who wins the election, you can still have victory. Hallelujah. Amen? You can still have victory. You can still have peace. You can still have hope. Our life isn't based on a person in the natural. Our life is based on the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who never changes. Amen? Never changes. Never has a bad day. And that's good news. That's good news for all of us. So I just want to encourage you, follow things. We'll share some more on this later, but follow the men and women in the Bible. Take these things. Take the promises. Take hold of them and say, man, if they did it, I can do it. If they can walk in victory, and, and let's face it, most of the things they faced were huge. And if they can do that, we can do that today. Can you say amen? amen. Let's lift our hands here. Father, thank you today for this victory. Thank you for faith. Thank you, Jesus. Our eyes are on you. Thank you, Lord. We seek you. We pursue you. We follow after you, Lord God, with our hearts. And Lord, we want to live for you on a daily basis. So I thank you for blessing people here in this place. I thank you for blessing people that are listening online right now, Lord, blessing their lives, blessing their homes, blessing all that they touch, Father. Lord, we thank you that you are doing awesome things today around the world. Hallelujah. 
So we give you praise, Lord, for this hour in which we live, for the victory that we have through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.